0: gardeners to our Gardeners with Altitude podcast. I'm your host Regina Hitchcock and this week we're going to be doing part two of the Three Sisters um, Beans. Okay, If there's any questions or um, you need more information about this or any other podcast uh, feel free to visit our website at www.gardenerswithaltitude.com Or visit our Facebook page, St. John's Gardeners with Altitude. Let's go ahead and get started. So last week we talked about corn being one of the three sisters. We talked about how it provided structure for beans. um, And we talked about the different types of corn. This week we're going to delve into beans. Now, beans are one of those vegetables again that we consider to be seed crops unlike corn which as you recall from last week we consider a very heavy feeder because it requires a lot of nitrogen to grow tall being a grass crop beans are legumes what they what makes them special is the fact that they can grow in very poor soil rocky soil Um, About the only thing they won't tolerate is cold or cool soil. Um, But what's really special about them is that they have this symbiotic relationship with bacteria in the soil and on their roots that allows them to pull nitrogen out of the atmosphere, out of the air, and fix it in the soil and be able to use it for fertilizer themselves. Um, A lot of times there are different uh, legume crops that are planted in with other crops um, because they are able to use that nitrogen from the atmosphere and put it into the soil. In fact, one of the ways that the Three Sisters is so Symbiotic is that the beans actually do take the nitrogen out of the atmosphere and put it into the soil where then the corn can absorb it and, and they will need less fertilizer when they're planted together than corn would need by itself, okay? So it's kind of a cool thing. Um, beans basically are broken down into three categories and they're broken down by how they're eaten. Okay, now you can grow them down by the growth habitat, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, but just like last year, when we or last week, when we talked about corn, how sometimes it's grown for meal or for flour, um, beans also can be grown to be used dry. And when beans were being developed, they were most often, Used in the dry form. So they were a storage type of food. Um, Many native peoples would forage quite a bit. They would hunt. And while they were learning agriculture and and developing these different kinds of vegetables and things, um, they still would need a really high-calorie, high-nutrition-wise vegetable for the wintertime. And beans really fit the bill. Beans are fairly unique in that they have very high carbohydrates as well as very high protein. Um, they have a lot of fiber, which as you know, helps you to stay regular, which is really, really important. Um, but they also have a lot of trace minerals in them and they have different types of minerals depending on which variety. And also different nutrients are available at different times of the bean's life. So if you're eating just green beans, um, what we call green beans or string beans, um, we eat them when they're green, when they're tender, we don't shell them at that point. Um, those are have a different set of nutrients and in different combinations than if you eat them dry. So basically the three types of beans or the three styles, if you will, are the dried beans. We also have the green beans, and then halfway in between we have the shell beans. Shell beans used to be a lot more popular. um, When my grandma was coming up, and she used to call them shellies, where you would have some green beans chopped up with some shell beans. And all shell beans are is they're the bean, when the bean itself has started to swell pretty good in the pod, um, and the pod has become somewhat uh, chewy or stringy. And so you actually just pop the, the beans out and the beans are still green at that point. The beans themselves, the seeds, are still green at that point. Um, but you don't eat the shells at that point. You don't eat the pods, okay? So dried beans, obviously, you leave on the plant until they're all the way dry, okay? So the, the, the shell or the pod will turn leathery And then the beans are completely dry inside sometimes they'll shake inside and if you don't harvest them fast enough sometimes they pop out of the shell and then they'll reseed themselves i've got a a raised bed in my front part of my garden that um i let go a couple years ago and, and i just have tons and tons of beans that just grow because those those beans just popped right out when they were dry um so eating beans and preparing beans does vary pretty drastically depending on whether you're eating them green, shelled, or dried. Uh, you'll know if you've ever had like pinto beans or whatever um, from like a bag or, or something. They take a very long time uh, at high heat or even low heat, actually, you can do it, but they they usually are, are boiled or cooked in a slow cooker for hours, okay? Okay. Green beans or string beans while they're still green or still young. I use the term green, but understand I'm not, they don't, not all beans are green. Some of my favorite beans that I purchase are purple potted. Okay, but if you eat them before they have started to swell and while the pot is still tender, we call them green, even if they're pink, even if they're purple, even if they're yellow like wax beans, or they're green, or they're red. It doesn't the color isn't what I'm saying when I'm saying green. I'm they're just called green because they're immature. Okay. So if you're cooking immature green beans, uh, sometimes called snap beans, sometimes called uh, string beans, although we've developed beans that don't have strings in them anymore. Um, they don't cook for very long. You typically can either saute them with a little bit of Uh, garlic and then maybe boil them for 10 minutes or so and they become very soft and they become very delicious the my favorite way to cook beans uh green beans is just to saute them with a little bit of bacon and then just barely cover them with some chicken broth and cook them until the chicken broth is pretty much gone best green beans you'll ever have in your life and they don't need additional salt because of the bacon so they're it's phenomenal um shell beans kind of in between you can boil them until they're just tender um, like you would do with say lima beans lima beans are a shell bean Uh, butter beans are a shell bean like they are harvested when the beans themselves have become mature and the pods are no longer edible So that's great. And then of course, um, dried beans can be used in so many recipes. Um, But the key with beans is making sure that they are in warm soil. So they can tolerate a pretty wide range of soils, um, but they do not like to have wet feet. They will rot very, very easily in the ground. So earlier, I talked about the difference in growing habits so just like with tomatoes which we talked about several weeks ago being determinate or indeterminate beans are either pole beans or bush beans Um, bush beans are all hybrids okay so even though even though you can find heirloom bush beans they are still hybrids okay so what we talked several weeks ago about the difference between hybrid and open pollinated beans have to be forcefully hybridized they don't easily pollinate each other because the male and female parts exist within the same flower okay so they don't need insect pollination they don't need wind like corn does they don't need any of that sort of thing they have um, flowers that have both the male and the female part. But the real big difference between the types of beans um, as far as their growth habit is the size. So pole beans, sometimes depending on the variety, can grow six to eight feet tall, okay? Or or long, you know, if you let them sprawl on the ground or whatever. Um, but bush beans typically only get to be about 12 to 14 inches tall. They don't need staking, they don't need support Um, and bush beans were developed by seed companies for large scale production and so that they could all of the beans on the plant would ripen at the same time and they could be pulled up and harvested all at the same time in long rows pole beans on the other hand produce for a lot longer period of time. Uh, Once they put on a few beans and those beans are picked, then they'll continue to put on more throughout the entire growing season. Now, if you want to can beans, or if you want to bottle beans, what that means is you can either plant um, a bunch of bush beans all at the same time, or you plant a really huge number of pole beans Um, And you'll be able to do a small amount of them at a time over a longer period of time. Okay. Um, The good thing, there's a lot of different kinds of beans out there that are equally delicious at all three stages of their life. Green beans, shell beans, and dried beans. One of my personal favorite varieties is called rattlesnake. Uh, it's one of the, be- the most beautiful beans, in my opinion. When the plants are growing, they put on these pods that are bright green and have purple stripes on them. Now, as they mature and become shell beans, the beans inside are still, ye- are still green, but the shells become lighter colored, almost a cream color, with those same darker stripes. And then... Once the beans are completely dry, the beans themselves are a tan color with, with kind of purplish-brown stripes on them. So they're very pretty during all stages of growth. Um, they, are, they do have a bush variety as well as a pole variety, so that's um, pretty interesting as well. Um, I prefer the pole variety of, of the rattlesnake beans because of the way I stake them and then the pods hang down and it kind of almost looks like little snakes hanging down off of the vine so i like snakes if you don't like snakes i i don't recommend maybe staking your rattlesnake pole beans the way that i do um as far as growing needs like i said they don't have a whole lot of problem with soil other than the cold they do not like cool soil and they don't like really soggy soil. So in my raised beds, they usually incorporate a lot of extra manure, um, really not so much manure as peat moss um, and kind of this composted mulch that I've gotten from a local uh, landscape company. But um, so that the soil is kind of loose, it's not heavy, it doesn't hold a whole lot of water. Um, and they really don't need a lot of fertilizer. You know, like I said, they are able to take nitrogen out of the atmosphere and turn it into fertilizer for themselves and any surrounding plants. And it, they really don't take a lot of care. Making sure to harvest them as frequently as there are mature beans. That's the only way you can keep them from stop stopping their production. Once they have s- matured a couple of seeds, even if it's just one pod they pretty much stop producing, or what they produce goes from green to dried in just a period of two or three days, even when they're small. So it's really important to keep them picked um, as they mature so that you don't have to worry about them stopping their production. Now, if you're going to plant the three sisters together, there is a specific order that you need to follow. And we are following that order with these podcasts. You, you want to make sure that your corn is up about 12 inches before you plant your beans. Now, corn also doesn't love cold weather. But you can jumpstart both your corn and your beans by giving them a little soak in some warm water. Corn can go almost overnight. Beans can only do about an hour. Um, But corn can be soaked in a little bit of warm water and then sprouted inside, either in peat pellets or in small seed starting trays, and then transplanted once they're about two inches tall. Um, Or you can start them in the soil Um, But then you do set back your bean um, planting time a few days. Um, Basically, what I like to do is I start my corn very, very early. I do it in the house or in the greenhouse. Once it's about two inches tall, I transplant it out. Because even though corn doesn't like to germinate in cool temperatures, it's not super frost um, sensitive. It can actually take... Um, A light frost, once it's up out of the ground, it's a grass crop, so it's not super tender the way that beans and other broadleaf crops are. Um, Then you plant your beans once your corn is about a foot tall. And then as soon as you start seeing your beans emerge, you want to go ahead and plant your squash. So, uh, corn, beans, squash. So, we're going to go ahead and... Put this podcast up on the Gardeners with Altitude website and the Facebook page. And if you have any questions, feel free to uh, visit, that, visit the Facebook page and drop me a line. Or go to www.gardenerswithaltitude.com and leave a comment or reach out via email anything that you would like to do if you need any more information or would like recipes or further growing information anything like that it should be available on the website soon and until next time happy gardening